All right, now we've reached the time in the show that I have been waiting for really kind of for the last two months or so, uh, ever since I decided to listen uh, right off the bat. I will not I would not do a Flyers deep dive with anybody but my next guest. Uh, he provides great insight and he knows what he's talking about. So I held out and we had some logistical hangups. We had some kind of snafus along the way, but we were able to get it done. Making his third appearance to the pod. Please welcome back. The Delco Dope, the a Flyers writer for the Philadelphia Sports Network. He's been his, his work has been featured on the Bleachers Report. The host of the Sticks Up Sticks Up High Pod and the co-host of the Men's Leaguer Pod, and of course an Army veteran, Mr. Matt Stinger. Matt, welcome back, and thankfully we got this done. It's about time. Our schedules just didn't line up there, Matty, and uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to talk about a deep dive here with how busy I've been lately. More like uh, don't dive as a shallow as <laughs> you might hit your head on the bottom. Well, okay. How about the men's later pod in there too? That's a new thing me and my buddy are uh, working on, and that's that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Before we get into the flyers, what's been happening on the uh, on the side of the podcasting? I, I I saw you guys did a couple episodes, the men, uh, men's leaguer wise. Um, what's what's the what can the people out there expect more from the men's leaguer pod or any of the other podcasts or, or projects you might be involved in? Yeah. Up high a couple weeks ago, and I've been meaning to um, get episode two of the season out this week, or actually last week. But I, I uh, work my work schedule changed for a week, so stand by. I'm trying to get one out every two or three weeks on that, and that you can find that on PSM Radio on Apple Podcasts. That's uh, um, no longer under the Sticks Up High, um, our own web uh, or podcast page. I guess it's under. All of the Philly Sports Network podcasts are going under PSM Radio, so that's where you can find that on Apple and Spotify and all the other ones. Uh, as for the men's leaguer, man, that was just a, uh, you know, me and my buddy, we just were kind of uh, talking, and it just happened. Like, it was one of those things, well, let's do it, you know, because you do a podcast by yourself, and sometimes you know how it, how tough it can be if you don't have somebody to, to bounce different things off of, and you're trying to find guests, and you're trying to scramble and stuff like that, you know. But this one was more like uh, after listening to like spitting chicklets and and um, missing curfew and and uh, the nasty knuckles podcast. I was just like, yeah, let's do this and let's have fun with it. And it's all about just kind of just having fun. It's not really like a deep dive into hockey talk. It's more like we're gonna come up with like different kind of fun games and, and talk about different things like how to build your men's league team and like the type of men's league player there is out there, you know, and, and uh, it's just going to all be about awesome jobs and having a good time. Cause that's basically more entertainment value than anything like hockey specific or substantial analysis or anything like that. So it's just a fun, fun thing to do. No, absolutely. And uh, with that being said, you kind of jogged my memory, and I just want to apologize for not mentioning that you're also a proud member of the Flyers Warriors team. Uh, I have been seeing some things that you've been putting up on social media about that. Uh, are you guys back in the swing for this season? Oh, yeah, we've been we've been in the swing. Well, they've been in the swing. It's been kind of hard for me to get out to uh, practices. But, we, uh, yeah, we had a couple practices. Um, we had our training camp a couple weeks ago that ran – concurrent with the uh the flyers rookie training camp um so that was pretty cool that was a three-day um a three-day training camp at uh we had two days at uh and one day in pensacola and now it's all about building to the uh warrior classic which 
November 5th, 6th, and 7th. You know, we're still looking for sponsors, any type of sponsors, business sponsors, anybody wants to get back. 30-plus teams oh, wow. of disabled veterans are coming to our area that weekend. Wow. And it, it's, it's presented by Pink Whitney, so the boys up at, uh, at Spit and Chicklets are on board helping out. You know, we got Nasty Knuckles, they're helping out. And it's just, it's going to be a, an awesome event filled with, you know, a lot of good vets, guys who served this country, and, and girls, I'm sorry, guys and girls who served the country that are playing hockey and, and just a lot of a lot of good fun and, and storytelling and all. I'm, I hope to get down there and get some good stories, and, you know, good veteran stories from deployments that they, if they're willing to share, just to kind of, you know, you know, you, you being a vet, me being a vet, we know the stories are important to tell, you know, yep. and, and how much it helps to get together with, with your fellow, uh, veterans and, and shoot the breeze, bust chops and how therapeutic it is. And that's why the warriors are so important because it is therapeutic. They, they, you get to talk, you get to, it's that camaraderie that you miss from the service constant ball busting and, and picking on each other, you know, but also again, like you don't know what, who might be struggling and just by talking to somebody and this is not just, you know, I, I'm using the veterans as a thing here, but like anybody in life who might be struggling and you never know, just having someone to talk to and how important a therapeutic that is. And that's kind of where this weekend really culminates in, in all these warriors coming together to, to be able to sit down, have a couple beers or whatnot and, and talk and just chill and have fun, play hockey, you know, it's going to be amazing. No, hey, Matt, whatever. I mean, listen, uh, when we're done here, if you could send me some stuff on that, uh, maybe some some. Uh, information who I can contact. Uh, I would like to definitely get involved. Awesome cause. Uh, you you kind of hit it on the head. It's it's hard um, for military. And you're right. I don't want to use. I don't want to broad broadalize it to just military. But assimilating back into society from that military lifestyle, it especially in, in the combat arena, it's tough. You know, it's a different way of life that we led, uh, and kind of coming back into society to plug back in. It's it's hard and people do who are struggling would feel more comfortable in an environment around people that they know or of similar ilk and similar mindsets to maybe open up and talk about some other issues. So absolutely great cause. Um, that's an awesome thing I'm, I'm hearing and please send me some more information when we're done today. Okay. Definitely. All right. All right, Matt. So let's get into what we talked about, what you came here for, man. So I, I, I got to ask you, we haven't talked probably since around the end of March last year or this year, I should say, sorry. And by that point, things were pretty much the die was cast. Uh, this team was what it was. The Flyers, I mean, Matt, I want to ask you one real simple question before we get into this a little bit. How did we get from the team that was so red hot and so innovative and so creative right before the COVID shutdown to the team that finished last season. How did we get there, Matt? What happened? You know, you and I, we, we talked a lot about it. You mentioned kind of like how they just, the Flyers just didn't have like the speed to hang with the Islanders and the talent like of the Bruins. And, and I think, number one, the, the first and more glaring issue last year was the, the goaltending just was not good enough, you know, and, and I think we talked, uh, we talked like two, three times last year, yeah. and the first time they were dominating, but it was ugly wins, it was nothing like, and we even, we even mentioned that, it was like, this is not an 11-2, uh, and two, whatever, 
game. It was an ugly 7 2 and 1, Matt. That's what I like. Yeah, it was <laughs> Based off of what happened, yeah, and, and based off of what happened this summer with all the moves, and again, kind of going back to the exit interview a little bit, I remember Chuck and AV just kind of going on and on about how they were blaming everything but the team. They were blaming all the outside factors, and obviously COVID was a problem, not having a training camp, not having a preseason, that wonky, we're going to play eight regional, we're going to play teams in our regions eight times, and then what was it? Uh, every team that wins the division makes the playoffs or whatever it was, that kooky little thing they had going with. I got it. It was not a right. It was not a, 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 you know, routine season and all, but they, they kind of leaned on that, that blame on the outside and they didn't really. And I, I wasn't saying, I didn't think they were going to like start throwing players under the bus. I, I'm not saying that, but when I look at what happened, when, when you lose eight to three and nine to one to the Rangers in the same month, there's a problem that's more than just on the ice, I believe. And I, I looked at really the, the veteran core of this team at that time, you know, uh, Jake and, and, and Claude and um, hell, uh, Coots, as really the reason for this not to come at, not to dig them out. And I, I really believe there was something with that group that just, I don't know if there was, as you said, problems in the dressing room. It just didn't seem on ice. It seemed like there was there was more. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I totally get that. There was. It was just kind of. It, it felt like at times, like the coaching staff was getting tuned out. But I mean, like it, you also had a horrible power play and penalty kill. You know, they guys just did weren't weren't getting it done. There was no very little little toughness, I should say, on the back end, you know, and, and that was addressed with the wrist line and picking up him. Yeah. But there was, you know, I, I remember there was one play, and I, I don't know if it was Sandheim or Ghost, it probably, they both probably did it the same game, but, I mean, the guy just out-muscled him, and, and out-muscled the defender, like, twice, and got in close, and it was a tapping goal. It was like, man, how do, how do you not drop that guy? How do you not yeah. put him on his... You know, stand them up at something, you know, but it, there were definitely the defense hurt. You know, obviously they were caught with the Miskinen news and they didn't, didn't adjust. And, and I mean, that's not like say one guy's not going to get the whole team down, but, but they didn't have a, a, 
number one defender on the top line or number two defender to go along with Proby and that, you know, Justin Braun is a nice player, but he's not a top defender. And, and uh, you know, that it just, everything seemed to kind of like snowball after, you know, once, once they got in that, that quicksand, they couldn't get out. And it was like, guys, come on. They, there's, they have so much, they had talent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, plus you also had, you got Lindblom's coming back and he's not in, you know, his best shape. You have Nolan Patrick and coming back for missing a year. And he's, <laughs> he's who he is. And, and, uh, and then TK fell off the world somewhere, you know. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, exactly. Maybe with, with him it was like he's going to be a dad and that maybe who knows that affected him. I, I don't know. You know, you never know what's going on. Plus, you got to remember, and, and this isn't to make the excuse. I'm not trying to make the excuse because other teams were able to, to build off of that. You know, like I think uh, the, the Bruins have a COVID battle where they missed games. And yeah. They didn't have that fall, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Vancouver missed damn near the whole season. Oh, my God. The they were playing regular season games during the playoffs. That's fine if you can back it up on the ice, but Jake hasn't been backing nothing up on the ice for at least five seasons, in my opinion. Uh, I remember there was a time, a long time ago, where when you, when G and Jake were on the ice together, we, it was like, oh my god, how did we like luck into this? But um, Jake never, never took it, and he never took it further than that. It was like a one-year wonder, in my opinion, with him. Very serviceable player. Not going to say that, but that one year, I believe, it, I think it was his second year. Um, he made the all-star team and he was just, he was just dominant. He just never built on that, in my opinion.
whenever he got his legs going through the zone, when he was coming down that ice like a freight train, man, yeah. he was awesome. Yeah, know? yeah, he was. Uh, but, but, you know, like, he never really, who was that sniper to dish off you to, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't, he didn't have, it wasn't there. No. Know? And, and, uh, but, you know, he's, he'll, he'll always be a, he should always be a Flyers favorite because he, you know, spent nine years here. He's, and, uh, and, but he was just awesome. He was great to interview, you know, like as a new reporter, quote unquote reporter, going into the dressing room, I was like, hey, just, just do Jacob, Jacob Buster Chops a little bit, you know? And uh, I, I just talked to him a little bit here and there, not much, but I remember one of the guys asked him a question about AB, and he just kind of went off on like, yeah, great. Like, ask me stuff about the coach. That's great. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? He goes, well, if I say anything negative, I don't get any ice time. If I, you know, praise him, I'm a kiss up, <laughs> a suck up. You know, it was just, good point. I was like, dude, this guy just does not care, and I love it because <coughs> that's that's just that also grows the sport of hockey too. You guys like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. It, it, it adds some flavor, and you're right. I don't know the Jake. I don't know Jake Forge. I can never talk to him, so I'm sure he's probably a really cool guy to go out and have a beer with. Um, now, you mentioned the aforementioned Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick. July 17th is now a national holiday in my house because that is the day that that it all, it, to me, that day, the events of that day made everything right in the world when I heard the news that Myers and Nolan Patrick were dealt to Nashville and then subsequently Nolan Patrick was sent off to Las Vegas, which he may or may not be involved in, the, in that whole thing with Lerner. I don't know, but um, we'll, we'll get to that maybe later on, but... Uh, about the new arrivals, let's talk about Ryan Ellis. And you mentioned uh, Risto and Cam Atkinson and Keith Yandel, uh, and of course Martin Jones. Martin Jones, yeah, Martin Jones. Where, in terms of those players that we brought in, does anybody stand out? Does anybody say, "Oh wow, this is this is the guy that that we probably needed last year"? I was ecstatic. I I will I will say hated because of Flyers fan because I always felt he crushed us. You know, his speed is was always in the right spot, and and I mean it wasn't like he was destroying the score sheet on us. Like, but it was always like when the Flyers. I keep using that as a fan base here, but the Flyers, whenever they went into Columbus and was supposed to win. They would lose, and it was always thirteen putting a puck in the net. It's even, you know, to me. So his speed, his shoot first. I was like, yeah, all right, perfect. You know, and, and if, if that could get some secondary, uh, tertiary line scoring going on, I love it. I love it. And then he, you know, he comes up, he does all the interviews, and it's just like this guy's even better than advertised. You know, like, yeah. he just gets it. You know, he goes in talking. You, I think he went on. Uh, Preston and Steve talking about looking for homes in Delco to mess with uh, the one guy on there. You know, I'm like, this guy just gets it. I love it. It's perfect. You know, then you can risk the line. And I was a little bit like, I'm not sure in terms of what they gave up. But yeah, that was tough. That was, that was in Steve. In terms of his game, in terms of watching him against us, against the Flyers last year, he crushed fools, you know, like, and I'm like, that dude is big and strong, and that's what we wanted, like, that's what, as a fan base, we should have wanted down there, and, and with him, you got 
you got the analytic crowd out there that was talking about how like he's his rate, you know, all these numbers. I watch, you know, I'm, I'm an eye test guy. Yep. You know? And I'm looking for if if someone's on the ice, are they making a difference? Right? Are they noticeable? And last year the Flyers didn't have that. They didn't have that pretty much at all. You know, like even with those ugly wins, you know, and it, there was not that. There's not a difference maker out there. Not somebody on the ice who's making a difference. He makes a difference because of his physical play, and you can see that in the preseason where he was just hitting guys. And it's like that's what you, the Flyers' defense lacked. They lacked that. I mean, Robert Hague and Sam Warren, but I mean. You know, they weren't seeing the ice all that much. And, and then Warren got kind of like tagged with, you're going to be in the box all the time because, you know, like, you know how the refs go there when they just kind of like, oh, he's going to hit people and it's going to be bad, you know, and primarily aside. But I like the wrist alignment for that toughness. Um, Yandel was a, was a shock, a, a pleasant surprise. I mean, the guy has still got the wheels. The Iron Man's been playing so long and, and, you know, you listen to any podcast, the guy goes on, he's just one of those one of those guys that keeps it light and fun, you know? And, uh, however, when you heard that, what was the first thing everybody thought when you heard out with Keith Yandel now? Yeah. Well, there goes Cam York's. Yeah. You know, and, and so the, the want to have York up at the team play minutes went, went away with that. And that's okay, I think. I think that's okay because you can put York in the AHL first line, defense first two pairings, you know, whatever. Let him work on his minutes down there. You know, I mean, same thing kind of with, with the Morgan Frost, but, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. You know, and then the, uh, <laughs> I like the Derek Broussard. I've always liked Derek Broussard in terms of a player. I always thought he kind of, he played the Flyers really tough. You know, and I'm so like, all right, another, another good addition. So the, the additions were were great. I think, obviously, though, as I rant and um, get off my tangent here, my uh, thoughts just keep rambling. No, go ahead, man. This is your your dime, man. This is your dime. You needed, needed, Ryan Ellis, you needed a player to go with pro pro grab on that first line that's going to lock the minutes, that's going to block the shots, that's going to do whatever it takes, and be another leader in that dressing room. And that's, that's a guy that can really help bring along guys like you know, Sanheim and Cam York when he get, comes up and, and whomever else, whatever young defenseman comes up in the next couple of years. It's, that's that's definitely, they needed that, and they went and got it. And like you said, it's a national holiday time. You know, you got rid of two guys that just weren't progressing at all, and that was tough. Yeah, it, it, it was, well, it wasn't tough for me. I was just wondering if my, my, uh, thinking nested in with the uh with the teams and apparently it did on that one but on this one it didn't uh matt and i i just kind of i i like the moves overall all of them right but when you look at two in with two particular players and i'll get to them here uh alex line and brian elliott um both of them are now no longer here uh brian elliott was signed on with the Tampa bay lightning and i believe alex line is now with the carolina in the carolina system and then we bring in martin jones who for a little while was playing okay, but really kind of fell off uh, recently. Are you concerned that this might not be the best type of move or a safety net for a potential you know, unknown about Carter Hart this year? You know, I, when I heard they signed Martin Jones, my 
first thing was like, huh? Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, I'm not familiar with the Western Conference, especially the last two years. Um, I looked at his stats. I looked at kind of how he had been as a younger goaltender. Not bad. Obviously, the, lately he's been a little bit worse off than before. But, I mean, in the last three years, he has the exact same same percentage. That's crazy how that worked out. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> No, they were a very middling team in the West. I mean, uh, yeah, they were kind of. They were. I would like to look at them almost like the Flyers of the East or of the West. They were. They were got hot. They got cold. They got hot. They got cold. They were very inconsistent. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I'm kind of confusing all the Western teams right now, but yeah, they're 21, 28, and seven, and six in the West. But you know, their their team is. Everything with their team kind of is just like, eh, you know, yeah. the exception of Commander Cade and his gambling or whatever. Going on there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Carlson was a bad fit. Wasn't a good fit there, I don't think. Nope. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, if, would you have liked to have gone after, you know, some other better quality goaltenders out there? Yeah. And who wouldn't want a Darcy Kemper in with Carter Hart, you know, or, or uh, who else was out there with the, uh, no, it was there was there was yeah. g- more gaping holes other places, but like Brian Elliott, for example, I'm not saying he was a world beater, but he did what he was supposed to do while he was here, and he was that guy that you can be like, you know what? All right, he needs to get a blow. Put Elliott in. Alex Lyon. When I think of Alex Lyon, I think of the Lehigh Valley fans. I mean, that guy, was he there when the damn team was created? I, I, I'm not saying he was going to be anything in the NHL. It just, to me, they were familiar faces that I knew what they were. I knew what to expect from these guys. And now we're going completely unknown. And, of course, I'm not in the you know management suite. I'm not Chuck Fletcher. I don't look at this thing holistically. But um, my concern is, and, and you mentioned it, you mentioned it earlier with Carter, was – Really, it kind of starts and ends there. You build the team from the net out. And Carter Hart did not have a good year. He, there's nobody that can say that he did. The Flyers took you know a shot on him. They they showed the loyalty to him. They gave him the contract. And by all reports, he's been playing decent in the preseason. I, I've watched him a couple of times. Um, but there is that unknown with him. I mean, so Martin Jones to me is not what I'm like, oh, whoo, we got Martin Jones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, right. it, but you know what? It, it, <laughs> to kind of go against your point, the familiar faces, maybe that's the point. You didn't need, yeah. you needed a, a different, fresh start. That's a good idea. Jones is familiar with the Flyers. Goalie coach, and he did his, uh, they said he had his best years with him in, uh, was it L.A. or San Jose? It was in L.A. But, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think this is, I think what you're going to see, and, this is what every Flyers fan is hoping is Carter Hart's going to have his bounce back here. I mean, last year was just tough, you know. It was tough. It was tough on him. It was tough on the whole team. Whatever, whatever, where they couldn't adapt, where everybody else was adapting, you know. It is what it is. It's done. Yeah. You know, take take that playbook 
douse it in kerosene, throw it in the flat fire, get rid of it. You know, it. 2021 is over. 2122 is now. We start. They start Friday. I'll be down there. I can't wait. Vancouver. Well, I want to see how like Quinn Hughes is now in and and uh, Pedersen's in, and I can't wait to see those guys and how they they are able to keep with their speed and, and creativity for those young players. And let's go. I mean, let's start it up and go. Yep, I'll be there Monday to see the Kraken, so I'm looking forward to that. So you know. uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. All right, Matt, let's move on. As you mentioned a little bit or ago, Morgan Frost has been a, a name that's been, uh, I know, on my mind for as long as he's been here because the way he was touted as when he was drafted. Well, Mark, Morgan was sent back down to Lehigh. Uh, but there's been a lot of like, well, don't he's not going to get comfortable down there. He'll be back probably before October is over. But I don't want to look necessarily at the, the decision to send Morgan solely down the Lehigh Valley here. I want to look at, as we mentioned, some of the players that were moved this summer, the Phil Myers, the Robert Haig, and Owen Patricks. Some of those guys that were moved this summer, and now you throw in Morgan Frost. Back in the day, when Ron Hextall was rebuilding this thing, we all believed that he was the draft whisperer. He was the man. He he knew, you know, he was brought here to do that. He was brought here to rebuild this, this organization. Are you starting to believe now, Matt, that maybe Ron Hextall don't know what the hell he's doing? Like you look at some of these drafts and and first round picks, I mean that first round pick should be a bottom six forward, at least a bottom two pairing defenseman. Where are they? You yeah. know, um I I spent numerous time going back over his drafts and looking at some of the players like German Rubsoff wasn't even in the AHL last year. They 